0: bartered mac and cheese <laughs> oh my goodness you guys are funny that's my discord fam by the way guys join discord y'all join discord because my discord fam is lit okay it's lit discord.gg opus fair join my discord fam all right they're they're basic they are awesome man you guys are lit right now look at this look at this look at this look at y'all look at y'all just look at y'all <laughs> just look at y'all well tabby you are right on time you are not late you are right on time it says you joined us at 7 30 join our discord family y'all discord.gg slash opus frere discord.gg slash opus and also prayerfully consider becoming a patron patreon.com slash isaac frere um i pray oh my gosh my ig wasn't even going i pray that this time and this moment would be a blessing to you guys today we are finishing the bible today now for some of you you're finishing the old testament with us because you started with us in the book of genesis For others, you were here from the beginning. I'm talking about from the gate when I was in the car doing reading rants in the car when I was uh, running to go teach my class after we did our reading rants. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, guys, I got to go. I have a class because, you know, just a little over a year ago, I was still a full time economics professor. Um, (laughs) and so there are those of you who, uh, you know, you guys, you guys were there from the gate, y'all. Um, and so we, we did our reading rants on, um, on in the car. Sometimes we did it out at the beach. Y'all remember that when we did it out at the beach, we have reading rants at the beach. Any, any OGs in here? Any OGs on the discord? Yes. Doris, you remember that. Um, I came in right after you left teaching. Okay, so you just came in right when I was transitioning out. Um, I used to be at the beach. Uh I used to be out wherever I could go, I would do the read and rant with you guys, which is why poolside, that's right. Um, there you see you're an OG. There were times where I was poolside at um at our previous apartment complex. I was like, okay, I'm going to be too loud in here. Let me go by the pool because nobody be by the pool that early in the morning. Uh, Cherie been here since Va was prego with... No, I think Cherie was here before that. I think Cherie was here before that, before Va was pregnant. Um, I could be wrong about that. But Cherie was here for a long minute, right? Right, Cherie? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheree's one of the OGs, man. I I love Sheree, man. Sheree's been here from the gate. And so this is great. It's great. It's awesome, guys, that we get to do this and we get to journey together. And today we get to finish the Bible, like we get to finish it. Um, And if you haven't you know, journeyed with us through the scripture, you're like, wait, I just joined. It's my first time here. Or maybe you've been here a couple of times. Guys, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the Read and Ramp podcast. It's available on Spotify and it's available on iTunes. So I want to encourage you to subscribe to the Read and Ramp podcast. And and so, yeah, so Sheree, if you've been here from Matthew, so Sheree's one of the early ones, man. Sheree, you've been here from the gate, Uh, the OGs, okay? Uh, Some of you have been here and you did the New Testament with us. Initially, I was like, you know what? you know, we're not going to do, we're we're, we're not going to do, yeah, we're just going to just shut it down after this. And I was like, no, 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 we're going to do this again. We're going to go through the entire New Testament again. And then afterwards, who knows, we'll go through the entire Old Testament again. We're going to do this again, because I believe that there's so much that we can glean just spending time in the reading of the word and how powerful it is that we've got people from all over who are spending time in reading the word. Quickly, shout out where you're located, y'all. I'm excited. This is like a celebration. It feels like a celebration day for me because there are those of you now who've done it from the gate feels like a celebration quickly. Shout out where you're located because guys from the beginning, maybe sure remembers this. But when we first started the read and rant, I don't know. I may have had like a thousand followers on Tiktok. <laughs> I just got on there. We got Zimbabwe in the house. Good to see you Zimbabwe UK. And we had maybe 10 people come to the reading rant, join us for the reading rant. So that was cool. Uh, And then all of a sudden it just started to grow. And now we've got a few hundred on all these platforms. I'm looking at a whole bunch of screens, a whole bunch of places and a whole bunch of directions to see what the Lord has done. And I think what encourages me is, is how impactful the simple commitment of reading scripture. Notice I'm not here bringing anything else but just the simplicity of spending time and reading God's word and then reflecting on God's word. How, How powerful is that? That in doing that, we've seen lives transform. We've seen people come to a greater understanding of their faith. We've seen people say, you know what, I've got to unpack and deconstruct maybe what I was taught in church. Maybe some of you guys are revisiting really where you stand as it pertains to Christ and Jesus and faith and Christianity and all of that. Um, And maybe your perspectives are changing. And I hope what's, what's happening is, is that you're, you're moving in a whole different direction you're moving from a whole different perspective. Now you're, you're, you're navigating through all of this from a whole different perspective. And I pray that this would be life-changing. I got Bronx, New York in the house. I've got Mesquite, Texas, Ohio, West Virginia, Amherst, Ohio. Good to see you, Sydney, Australia, Houston, Hammett, uh, California. Good to see you, Memphis, Jamaica. Where's Hammett located? like, where is it? Like North? Give me an idea. Like, give me a major city that's close to it. Give me some reference. Curious. We got Memphis in the house. We have Jamaica. We have Columbia, South Carolina, Fort Lauderdale. I just left Fort Lauderdale to move to Tampa. Look at that. You were in my backyard. Now we're, you know, we're neighbors, you know, we're neighbors. It's all good. Um, we got the UK in the house. Good to see you. Northern Cat. California in the house Lombard, Illinois. Good to see you. Alaska. Good to see you. Good to see all of y'all. Rockland, California, South Africa, Atlanta, Georgia, Vegas. Look at that. We got people from all over coming to spend time in the reading of the word on IG. I've got Highland Falls, New York. Good to see you. Glad you're here. We got London in the house. I can't wait to go back to London. I love that city. We've got Canada in the house, Toronto in the house. We got Dubai. Good to see you, Dubai. Glad you're here trinidad dallas we got cuba jamaica oh okay 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 cuba jamaica in the house good to see you now are you in cuba or are you in jamaica are you cuban in jamaica or are you jamaican in cuba help me out yo help me out because man that would be amazing if someone from cuba would be watching us live right now please tell me where you're located Right now, please. We have Slovakia. Ooh, we got to put that. We got to write that one down. We got to write that one down. Slovakia. All right, Asia. Write that down for me, please. Write that down for me. All right, we got to we got to scratch that one off the map. Um, we got Slovakia in the house. So glad you're here. Um. It is so good to see you all. Um, I'm waiting for you, Cuba. Okay, I wait. Malaysia. Oh, right. That one now. We got Malaysia in the house. Good to see you, Malaysia. Glad you're here. By the way, I encourage you guys. Go and join our Discord community. Discord.gg slash All right. I got my YouTube fam. I got Dallas. Dallas Strong. Tina, so good to see you. Tina, you are the... I'm going to call you the YouTube OG now because remember these, remember these days, okay? Remember. Remember. Remember this moment, because I got folks right now who are on TikTok and some of these other platforms who remembered when we had five to seven people who joined us for the Read and Rant, and now there's a few hundred who join us every day. So remember these days, okay? You're one of the OGs now. That's why I like Cherie. Cherie knows what this looked like from the beginning because she knew how we were doing it from the beginning. From Delaware, Miss Lady, good to see you. We got Delaware in the house. So glad you're here. Northern Michigan, good to see you all. And then I've got my Discord fam. I got my Discord family who, man, they're just amazing. And I'm glad you guys are all here. I need a Bible, don't I? Let me pull out the Bible, y'all. That's important. Because today, what we came to do is we came to finish the Old Testament. That's what we came to do. We came to read the book of Malachi on this here Thanksgiving Eve. (laughs) Right. We came to finish up the Bible on Thanksgiving Eve. Before we go eat all that food. We're going to eat some spiritual food um, because, again, I'm going to be heading out of town right after this. I'm going to be going back to Fort Lauderdale to spend time with family um, there. We won't have a, a reading rant um, tomorrow but we will have just a time together to hang out on Discord on Friday. So on Friday, I'll jump on on Discord and we're just going to vibe and chill. I might take questions, we might hang, who knows. It's a wide open time during our read and rant time on Friday. Um, but we won't have a read and rant tomorrow and tonight we won't have a Bible study. However, whatever we do for our time together on Friday, Who knows? I may record it and post it on Patreon. Okay, for those who miss it. So anyway, uh, we got a lot of extra content on Patreon, all our Bible studies, everything on Patreon. So I want to encourage you, prayerfully consider joining us on Patreon. Be a part of the community, support us and also be blessed by the content on Patreon. But today, what we came to do is we came to finish the Old Testament. And so we're going to read the book of Malachi. We're going to read the book of Malachi. This is big, y'all man. This is so exciting. I'm so, I think what I'm, I I don't know. I just have this amazing joy that so many of y'all did this. You know, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with joy. Like this is, this is all I want for, for believers. Like people who say they follow Jesus to do is to say, Hey, you know, I actually read through the whole Bible. Like that just brings me so much joy. Uh, to know that you guys now have been exposed to the whole Bible. And maybe you didn't understand everything you read. Maybe you missed a lot of stuff as I'm reminding you over and over again of the things that we've been reading up to this point. Maybe you say, I don't even remember reading that, but I hope that as you're reading, things are being drawn out from your exposure to the totality of the text. As you're reading, you're going, "Oh yeah, I remember this. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I remember when. Yeah, I, I think I know what he's talking about when he's talking about the Edomites here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I remember this now. I understand why he says Israel and Judah over and over again because Israel was in the north, Judah was in the south. So he brings them up over and over again because, again, they were one people, but two separate nations. Oh, I get it. And now I understand the tone of the prophets and I get where now the prophets fit in the whole narrative. I I get it now. Ah, like just that alone, man, it's so refreshing to see believers moving in that direction. So y'all, thank you. Thank you for journeying with me. You guys have been a blessing to me. I want to say that for those of you who come on this platform, who spend time in reading, You guys are a blessing. You guys are a blessing to me. For those of you on Discord, my patrons on Patreon, they send me words of encouragement. The words of encouragement enough. Keep me going. Keep me going. And so you guys, as much as you say that I've been a blessing to you, I want you to know that you guys have been an immense blessing to me. I'm grateful for all of you. Truly, truly grateful for all of you. And now the book of Malachi, we're going to do the same thing we've done up to this point is we will pray and we're going to ask God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? What are you revealing concerning me? And what are you revealing concerning people? These are three questions. And we just allow the Lord to speak, allow the Lord to do as he does every time we come here, nothing prepared. Just asking the Lord to, you know, speak into our day to give us this day, our daily bread. So let's do it. You guys need to stop, yo. All right. Don't make me don't make me get all all, all moist in the eyes. OK, stop it. All right. Don't make me get all moist in the eyes. OK, <laughs> um, but I truly love y'all. Really, truly. Um, you guys are a blessing. You have no idea only Father, we thank you, Lord. I thank you for the blessing that you've given us. Lord, I thank you. Hmm. Lord, we don't have the words. We don't have the language, the facility to fully express our gratitude towards you. Father, we are grateful. We thank you for who you are and all that you've done. So, Father, bless us as we spend this time today in your word. Lord, speak to us, Lord, in a powerful way. We say that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let us, let me just try to move this here. Let us begin and see where the Lord leads. The book of Malachi, chapter 1 the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet you say, in what way have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, says the Lord. Yet Jacob I loved, but Esau I have hated. I laid waste his mountains and his heritage for the jackals of the wilderness. Even though Edom has said, we have been impoverished we will return and build the desolate places. Thus says the Lord of hosts, they may build, but I will throw down. They shall be called the territory of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord will have indignation forever. Your eyes shall see and you shall say the Lord is magnified beyond the border of Israel. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I'm a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts to you, priests who despise my name? Yet you say, in what way have you despised? Have we despised your name? You offered defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you by saying the table of the Lord is contemptible? And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would you? Ex- would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? But now, entreat God's favor, that he may be gracious to us. While this is being done by your hands, will he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts. Who is there even among you who would shut the doors? so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And every place incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you profane it. In that you say, The table of the Lord is defiled, and its fruit, its food, is contemptible. You also say, oh, what a weariness, and you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring the stolen, the lame and the sick, thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver, who has in his flock a male, and takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts. And my name is to be feared among the nations. Chapter two. And now, O priests, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear and if you will not take it to heart to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you. And I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have cursed them already because you do not take it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your descendants and spread refuse on your faces for refuse of your solemn feasts. And one will take you away with it. And then you shall know that you, sorry, then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him one of life and peace, and I gave them to him that he might fear me, so he feared me and was reverent before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth and justice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and turned many away from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should keep knowledge and people should seek the law from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts, but you have departed from the way. You have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, I also have made you contemptible and base before all the people, because you have not kept my ways, but I have shown partiality in the law. Have we not all one father? Has not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously with one another by profaning the covenant of the fathers? Judah has dealt treacherously and an abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem for Judah has profaned the Lord's holy institution, which he loves. He has married the daughter of a foreign God. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob, the man who does this, being awake and aware yet who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. And this is the second thing you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying. So he does not regard the offering anymore, nor receive it with goodwill from your hands. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth. With, with whom you have dealt treacherously, yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. But you did not make them one, having a remnant of the Spirit, and why one? He seeks godly offering, offspring. Therefore, take heed to your spirit, and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, for it covers one's garment with violence says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. You have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet you say, in what way have we wearied him? In that you say, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delights in them. Or where is the God of justice? Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, like a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner in a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old, as in the former years, and I will come near you for judgment." I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, adulterers and perjurers against those who exploit wage earners and those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans and against those who turn away an alien because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed. O sons of Jacob. I got stuff to write down. Yet from the days of your father, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, bring all the ties into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing and there will be room enough to receive that there will be that there will not be sorry room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land. So much to back, says the Lord of hosts. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? you have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. So now we call the proud blessed for those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Then those who fear the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. So, a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts on the day that I make them my jewels and I will spare them as a man spares his own a son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between righteousness or sorry, between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Hmm. Chapter four, for behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven and all the proud. Yes. All who do wickedly will stumble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up. Says the, says the Lord of hosts that I will leave them neither root nor branch, but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked, and they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb, for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Hmm. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. The word of God. The Old Testament. It is, um, it brings me joy. I say that um, with all sincerity, that it brings me joy that you guys did this. You guys did this. You read this. You, you did it. You read it with me, but you read it. You read all the Bible. <laughs> you read all of it. Congratulations, yo. And if you're like, no, I jumped in and, Numbers, great. Go back to the read and rant, catch the rest of it. <laughs> um I say all this because thank you, Asia, for posting that on Discord. By the way, I encourage you guys to join Discord, okay? You get all the updates there. All right, you get all the updates there. So join us on Discord. Um obviously there's so much here to unpack from this text. So much. To unpack. And so little time afforded to us. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just, man, I'm just soaking in it. I'm soaking in the joy. Really, I am. And I think what encourages me is that as we close out, I hope as you read Malachi, you're now reading it if you've ever read it. I know people who say they've never read the book of Malachi. So now, you get to say that you read Malachi. Now, if you have read Malachi, then you, I hope what, what, has happened is now you've read it from a less mysterious perspective. Like, I hope you're reading it. And now you can say, I actually understand what Malachi is talking about. Like, I, I understand what Malachi means by this. Like, I understand what Malachi is saying. I hope you're reading this and you're going, I get the big picture now. I get the big picture. We talked about the big picture, and I'm not going to be here to engage in that right now because you got all the other episodes which you could catch on Patreon. Okay. But as we're reading, the one thing I want to remind you is that Israel who fell into captivity because of their idolatry, they spent years in captivity from Assyria to Babylon, to Persia. They have been given a privilege to return back to Jerusalem in the lower kingdom of Judah. Sorry, not lower kingdom, but the southern kingdom of Judah. And so they've been given a privilege to go back to Jerusalem. There in Ezra and Nehemiah, we see that they rebuild the temple and they rebuild the wall. Zerubbabel rebuilds the temple, sorry, yeah, rebuilds the temple And um, Nehemiah rebuilds the wall. We we saw that story. And we saw the warnings that were given to the children of Israel that now they've got another chance. They've got another chance to, um, to submit to God's will and to follow the law regarding the promises that came to them, handed down to them from Israel whose name was Jacob who had right who whose brother was Esau Jacob was the younger brother and yet the promise was passed down to him and from him now we see that the children of Israel have the privilege of 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 taking that promise and carrying it on for generations to generations to generations but Israel did not fulfill the promise they didn't fulfill their side of the deal they didn't fulfill this side of the contract that was given to them at Horeb that we read here in Malachi. You know what? If I can really speak into this, really, what Malachi is is Malachi is like the Cliff Note, quick summary version of the story of Israel. It's a quick summary of these are all the things that transpired up to this point, but it's a summary that points to a reality. And the reality is is that as much as God was faithful to them to Israel, Israel was not faithful to God. Israel while they made a covenant with God to be one with him, submitted to his law that is the Torah, submitted to his way of living, submitted to the 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 will of God, the authority of God. They instead Committed idolatry, practicing what God called harlotry and adultery. That's how God saw it, because God was married to his people, one with them, to accomplish the grand mission for all of humanity through them. Them being the chosen people of God was God using them, working through them, um, um, engaging with humanity through Israel to bring restoration to humanity. Israel was center to the human story. At the center of human history from this biblical perspective is the history of Israel. And yet Israel, while they made a covenant with God, failed in that covenant. They fell into captivity, had another chance to get back and to get right with God. Ah, But my brothers and sisters, as we see from the text, is that while Israel was given the privilege of another chance, Israel fell back to the same idolatry and to the same injustice that their forefathers and their predecessors committed. This is a revelation for many of us who need to understand that when you get to Malachi, you have to understand that the law has no way of changing the heart. (laughs) The rules have no way of changing the heart. The rules in the Bible have no way of changing your heart. And as much as you try to comply to the word, God doesn't want your compliance. God wants your heart. Yes, we have all these rules that we tell people to follow. And then we get confused when people can't follow. We get confused when people break them. We get confused when we have all these rules that we see in the Bible we're blown away when we go, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, you just can't obey the law. Or oh, apparently you didn't read the Bible. Apparently you didn't read the word because if you read the word, you would have seen that even Israel, who the law was given to, couldn't obey the law. Too many of us have been so fixated on the rules in the Bible that we miss out on the true story and the message that is being given to us, which is that the human condition is incapable of following God's law. It takes the spirit of God to transform the heart in order to be who God wants you to be. But we miss the story. Like we miss the whole point of it. Like, you know, it's always interesting to me how we we read this and then we miss what this is actually saying, we read it and we go, now that I read this, now I got to follow this. No, read it. It says here that Israel couldn't follow it. What makes you think you're any better? If Israel couldn't follow God's law, if Israel couldn't follow the 613 rules that were in the Bible, what makes you think you can? Especially when these rules weren't even written for you, they were written for Israel. What makes you think that you can? It's like we missed the whole story of the Bible. Like we hit, we miss all of it <laughs> because we're so focused on making this about us. But when you really read it and you see it, you realize, hold on a second. This is pointing to the fact that we actually can't do this. And if you read the whole narrative of the Bible, what you realize is it's saying that Israel could not follow God's law because Israel's heart wasn't transformed. The law was there to expose the fact that the heart could not change and it required the spirit of God to come into the heart in order to see transformation to be who God called him to be. But the law could not do the spirit of God does. So stop trying to follow the rules. Submit to his spirit. Submit to the spirit of God. We have. We have this tendency to look at Israel and to point our finger at Israel, but when you read this, this is actually a testament of the present human condition. Like this is this is actually a testament of what of what we see now and today. Like I read this and I go, wait, yep, we're like that. We give God polluted offerings. Yep, that's us. Yeah, that's church folk. That's religious folk. Religious people are hopeless in getting to know God. You're hopeless. (laughs) If if you were so focused and fixated on the rules and the regulations, you're hopeless in getting to know God. And yet Paul says that salvation is knowing God. Israel is so focused and fixated on the rules, and yet Israel hasn't even learned from their own storybook. Like like Israel missed out on the whole story. Like the, the whole thing. We read Malachi, what Malachi is, is a revelation that even though Israel had the law, Israel was unfaithful, unfaithful, because Israel was incapable. And the closing part of this story that I love, if we go from the beginning, now I'm going to go to the end, is what does God promise? What does God say to them? He says, "Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel." We just talked about it when the law was given to them in in Exodus, with the statutes and the judgments, the rules and regulations. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn what the hearts who does that is it you do you just decide all of a sudden out of nowhere to turn your heart no he will turn the hearts of the father of the fathers and the children to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers lest i come and strike the earth with a curse there is one who is coming and this one will turn and transform hearts Did did, did y'all hear me here? Give me one second family. Sorry, fam. Theo's snapping, so I got to make sure you know everything's everything's going all right. I got had to make sure he was okay. Uh yes. That's what happens when you when, when you got your kids at home and you're doing ministry, right? <laughs> um, going back to what I was saying, right? <clears throat> so, so. The law, which was given to them, was ineffective in transforming them. These are things that we see that not only does the law do nothing for them, ready for this, they suffered exile because of their inability to follow the law. And what's exposed out of that. Is that while they went into exile, And then they recommitted to God. Remember, in Ezra, we see Joshua, the priest, teaching them the law again, giving them the Torah again, instructing them on the Torah. And then they went and built the temple. And even after they built the temple, they were given the temple. And then after they rebuilt the walls, Malachi is written 100 years after that, about 100 years after that. And Malachi now sees a people who look like the people before they went into captivity. So not only does the law not change hearts, but this one's going to be tough. The consequences of exile didn't change them either. You know, I always think that if we punish someone enough, it'll change their behavior. The law and the punishment do not change the heart. I am. I'm good friends with the folks from Irons. <laughs> I was just there. Chicken Little. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? I love, man, I love that church. I love that church. I love everything about that church. Uh, yeah. So I'm guessing you know you know the church. So it's awesome. Uh, um, I just put myself out. <laughs> so let's back that up for a moment here. If laws don't change your heart, if the rules don't change your heart, if the regulations don't change your heart, Then what will punishment? Oh, but no, even the punishment doesn't change your heart. You know how sometimes we think, "Well, if I punish my kids more, then they'll change." <laughs> this is a this is a little, little little lesson for the parents. The scriptures tell us straight up <laughs> that even punishment don't change your heart. It might make you more compliant. Right, it, it might make you, it might make you more compliant in front of the aggressor, but your heart hasn't changed. You didn't, you didn't become a better person because of that. And while discipline is important, not to say that discipline doesn't capture the attention, I have a different view of how discipline works. So I'm not going to do that here because I don't want to start a whole debate on that. <laughs> I have a whole different perspective. I don't know how different it is, but I've got a a view on it that some people may not agree because yes the punishment can be a part of discipline but don't think that discipline that punishment is discipline punishing somebody is not disciplining them okay it isn't (laughs) in front of the aggressive yeah i mean you know we all behave in front of our parents if we know they got a belt out doesn't mean that we actually changed right? I grew up in a Haitian house, so side note, where discipline, you know, in in the Haitian community, w- discipline is is whooping them. Like, if I whoop you, you're disciplined, not realizing, no, you, you created someone who's compliant, not someone who's disciplined. Ooh. <laughs> and it doesn't surprise to me that some of the kids who got whooped the most are the ones that were the most misbehaving. They didn't get better. They got worse <laughs> because discipline and punishment are not the same thing. Punishment can be a part of discipline, but it's not the same thing, but that's not, it's neither here nor there. That's just a side rant, side note, take it for what it's worth. Some may disagree with me on it, um, but it is what it is. Okay. And of course we do this in church, by the way. Right? We do this in church. We think that if we punish people, right, like some of y'all, you grew up in one of those churches where if you punish people, they'll just get in line. Like like if you if you embarrass them in front of people, they'll get in line. We think sometimes often at least, that people will get in line if they get punished. Which is why a lot of us grew up in abusive churches. Because there was this doctrine of the law that that believed that if we institute a law on you, rules and regulations, and we institute a system of discipline, not discipline as becoming what who God calls you to be, but Punishment when you don't comply to the laws. It doesn't create a safe culture, a safe place to get to know and grow in Christ. What it does is it creates a cult in which the aggressor becomes the leader. So a lot of us grew up in those contexts, not realizing we actually didn't grow in our understanding of Christ. We actually regressed in our understanding of Christ because it was clouded by the person who we honored and respected, who we didn't see as a loving father or shepherd, but rather a disciplinarian. There are folks who their growth in Christ was actually compliance to the aggressor and disciplinarian in their church. They were given a bunch of laws. And then they were punished, not realizing that discipline and punishment are two different things. So you may have been punished, but you weren't actually disciplined in your growth and your identity in Christ. You were just taught to comply. What does that create? It creates fake Christians. We make sure we're compliant to the person who's in front of us. But then we'll go outside and do our own thing and live our own way. And if you haven't grown up in that context, congratulations, but there are those who have and see the hypocrisy of the legalistic system that churches have established. The reality is the law doesn't change a single person. And anybody who tries to convince me it does, obviously is arguing with God. <clears throat> Anybody who's trying to convince me that it does is arguing with God, because what God is revealing here all throughout this text is a law was given to a people. They were given a covenant and this covenant was for their compliance towards him and they failed. That is the story of humanity. That is the story of the human condition. And that's the point that we miss. And Malachi is bringing all of that to light. When we read it from the grand narrative, we begin to see what Malachi is about. Ah, but when we read it from a legalistic perspective, we come come up with all kinds of trash rules that don't even align with the heart of God and don't align with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of the most oppressive um, practices of the church came out of some of the readings that came from this book. You may, you may have never read Malachi, ah, but you have heard some of the verses in Malachi. For example, the great giving verse, the verse that we read for all those who you don't know when it's offering time. Period. <laughs> ready for this? Here's the verse. Will a man rob God? Yes, you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Oh, and then it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Oh yeah, remember that one? Says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will be no room enough to receive it. You know, we've turned this verse into a rule in the church. If Christ has fulfilled the law, then this is not a law unto salvation. And it is not a rule in the body of Christ. It's not a rule. There are, I have people who say who have said to me my pastor told me that I'm sinning if I don't tithe. I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah, I'm sinning if I don't tithe." I said, "Interesting." Huh? So so you tithe to go to heaven? Is that what it is? Yeah, I, I better make sure I tithe. Oh, and what did he? What did he get that from? What? What scripture did he get that from? Well, he got it from Malachi chapter three. <laughs> I don't have enough time, y'all. We've used this text without reading the full context of the text, without reading the whole context of the story and what is transpiring here to understand, first of all, what the purpose of the tithe was. The 10% that was given by the children of Israel, first of all, the law was not written to you. And so because the, the law was not written to you, it doesn't apply. This doesn't even apply to you. He's talking to the children of Israel. And he says to the children of Israel, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. For what reason? So that there is food in my house. What house is that? It was the temple for which they would distribute resources to those who could not care for themselves. This was actually the an establishment of the welfare system among the children of Israel. And yet the children of Israel, it's like the IRS. You didn't pay your taxes? Well, if you didn't pay your taxes, what happens? You go to jail for that. This tithe was 10% of all that is earned in order to help and to support all who cannot take care of themselves. It was, it was, it was not just a food bank. It was a food bank and it was a resource center for every type of resource for those who were in need. Remember that is core and central to the heart of God's law was his people, loving one another, loving your neighbor as themselves. This was the ideal and the character of God. And so what God is saying is he's saying, you stop giving your tithe and in doing so you've robbed me because you've robbed my people. And because you've robbed the establishment and the maintenance of my temple, there is no temple now to maintain and no reason to tithe for that purpose. We get the tithe wrong family, but we've made that a rule in the Bible because we look at it from a legalistic perspective, missing the whole story of what God is doing here, which is the restoration of his people. This was not a this was not what people make it out to be or what's preached to you in church okay it's not that at all and then when we read when we read um the law on divorce we see here right where he speaks I'm just using some examples I'm sorry I'm just I'm just ranting y'all so stay with me okay or like for example when we see um um verse 14. In chapter 2, verse 14, yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth and whom you have dealt treacherously, yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Watch this. But he did not make them one, having a remnant of the spirit. And why one? He seeks godly offspring. Again, God is talking about faithfulness to the covenant and to the people of God therefore take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously. Ready? This is the verse that everybody throws, but they don't read it in light of the full breadth of what is being said in Malachi. If you're going to use a verse in the Bible, use it right. Okay. If you're going to use a verse in the Bible and call it law and rule and morality, use it right. Because then in verse 16, it says, for the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce. In general, yes, God hates divorce. In what light, in what context is God talking about? He he says, for it covers one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. He's talking about it within the context of what the men of Israel were doing to their wives. The men were divorcing. Their faithful wives, the Israelite Hebrew men, were divorcing their faith, the faithful Hebrew Israelite women, to go and marry pagan women and to then worship the pagan women's gods. This is what God actually hates. God hated what the men were doing to the women. So when he says God hates divorce, yes, in general, God hates divorce. In light of what is he saying God hates divorce? He hates divorce in the fact that the men have... You have to understand in those days, if a man divorces his wife, his wife has no protection. If a man divorces his wife, she was literally thrown to the side. If, If a woman was divorced in that time, she would be treated as someone in the way that we treat homeless people today. There are many women who would get divorced and don't have homes to go to. And they don't have jobs because the men was the primary caregiver. They would lose everything. They would lose literally their covering. And that's why he says, God hates divorce, why? Why? for it covers one's garment with violence. They were treated as outcasts. They were were thrown to the side. They were, these are the women who now, because they were on the streets, would be abused, would be robbed, would be raped. There was no one to protect them. God hates that. And and to add insult to injury, these were the women who were supposed to have been the ones who would continue to grow and to produce the offspring that would be the continuity of God's covenant through the children of Israel. So they left covenant to philander with pagan women. This was an indictment on the men. You know what I find often? And I'm sorry. Oh man, this is going to get tough. And people are going to get mad at me. And I know a lot of folks are going to get angry, but it is what it is. It is what it is. That's what I do, right? On the reading Rant, I just get people hot and bothered. <laughs> that's what I do, right? <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's how I operate on the Read Rant. You know what I find often is that when we throw out the scripture that God hates divorce in the Bible. I find often it's a means by which to force women to stay in abusive marriages with men. I find that it's a way to actually to oppress and to push down the male masculine influence over the nurturing feminine influence. I find that when people use This verse, it's used to force women to stay in dangerous, toxic, abusive marriages. And when you use that verse, you do not see it from the whole context of the text. That verse is used actually as an indictment on the men who divorced their women to go philander with women that they were not in covenant with. This was actually not an indictment on women, but on the men. Yet we use this today as a way to oppress the women. This is about the faithfulness of men to their wives. The faithfulness of men to their faithful wives. Not about forcing wives to be faithful to a toxic man. I might make that a TikTok and get in a whole lot of trouble. When the scripture said God hates divorce, he was not forcing you to stay in a toxic marriage. He was holding accountable men to be faithful to their faithful wives. And yet the church has used this as a way to force women to stay in toxic marriages with men who aren't faithful to Christ and aren't faithful to their wives. And yet their wives who are faithful to Christ have been have found themselves to be oppressed and forced to stay in a context that they weren't even called to. I'm sorry, y'all. I I wasn't supposed to go there, but I I went there because we misread scripture. And that's just one. Who knows? We do. I know that I have so many Bible studies about so many different things about divorce. Everybody wants to know about divorce. Everybody wants to know about these things. Just know anybody who uses that verse, tell them they're using it wrong. (laughs) Okay. Tell them they're using it wrong. And for every woman who divorces a toxic man, an abusive man. You have no reason to feel guilty for that. Okay. You have no reason to feel guilty for that. Rather, we need to establish an accountability with men to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Men want their wives to honor them. Men want their wives to submit to them. And yet somehow they missed the part of the verse that says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Here's the thing. You can't ask for your wife's submission when you haven't given total sacrifice to her. And yes, while she's submitted to Christ under the authority of Christ, you as a husband are submitted to Christ to give all of yourself to her in the way that Christ gave all of himself to you. You are the under-shepherd of the home, and if you can't sacrifice and give all of yourself to your wife, how then, hypocritically, can you have the expectation for her to live in total submission to you? And please don't use the verse that says God hates divorce because that scripture was used to hold you accountable, not to force your wife to stay in a toxic marriage. We gotta hold men accountable as well. Right? I mean, that's just we have to, I love, I love my dudes. I love my guys, man. I can tell you right now, most of them when they come to me, I'd be like, yo, let's talk. Let's start with you. Let's start with you. Oh my gosh, I'm a full blown rant. It's 8 30. I got to shut this down, y'all. <laughs> I got to shut this down. All I'm saying, I, I could be on this for days. I could be on this for days. All I'm saying, family, is that when we read Malachi, we read it from the grand narrative, from the bigger picture from the bigger story of what God is doing, not from the legalistic myopic perspectives that we all have and that we all impose on the text. This is not about legalism. As a matter of fact, it's about the opposite. It's about the fact that we can't do these things. Israel who was given the law, the men were divorcing their faithful wives, Israel who was given the law, the priests were now um, um, performing sacrifices with defiled Um, with defiled offerings, with polluted offerings. We see now, given the law, that even they could not see and establish and cultivate a relationship with God. Even when God said he loved them, they were like, when, when did you love us? They didn't even experience the love of God. Isn't that crazy that you can have the law and not experience the love of God? Isn't that crazy That you can have God's law and yet not know Him? Isn't it crazy that you can know about God and yet still not know God? And this is Israel. This is who Israel has become, and it's who we see today. Israel is corrupted by their own heart so much so that the law could not change them and God comes in in chapter 3 and says for I am the Lord I do not change yet from the day verse 7 of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them this is Israel return to me he says to Israel and I will return to you this is what repentance looks like. Repentance is not turning back to the rules. It's turning back to God. Even though Israel was unfaithful, God is still giving Israel an invitation back to him. Even though Israel has disobeyed God's law over and over and over again, and even after a hundred years of disobedience and pure moral depravity and everything that is wrong, Israel is still being invited back to God. He says, turn to me and I will return to you. It's an invitation. And then he says, in what way shall we return? Then he says to them, love your neighbor. Love those who are in need. Return back to a relationship with God. This is how it's going to be expressed. He's saying your heart needs to change. I look at verse 16 in chapter 3 as he closed. He says, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened to them and heard them, and they wrote a book of remembrance. They wrote a book of remembrance, which was written before him. And this book is for those who feared the Lord and meditated on his name. Watch what the book does now. Remember, this is the recap of the law and all that they've learned about the human condition, about who they are. Those who fear the Lord, this is what they will see. They will see in this law that they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. And on that day, I make them my jewels. We're going to see that image in Revelation. And in that day, I will spare them as a man spares his own son. So he saves them. He says, I'm going to save those who have faith. I'm going to save those who fear my name. I'm going to save those who fear me. When I say fear, not be afraid of me, but actually honor me. And then he says in verse 18, but you shall again discern between righteousness and wickedness. And sorry, between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. This is just a principle I want to leave you with. And then I'll close. The more time you spend in his word, the more time you spend in remembrance of him, the more time you spend reading and being exposed to the history of humanity, the more aware you will be about who is righteous and who is wicked. The more you spend time in his word, the better capable you are to discern wickedness and righteousness. There are those of you who have been praying for the spirit of discernment. I came to tell you the spirit of discernment can be found in his word. (laughs) Reverence to God and his word. You want the spirit of discernment? Spend more time in his word. (laughs) You'll notice that as you continue to read His Word, as you continue to see the heart of God, as you continue to see the mind and the wisdom of God, the more that you see it, the more aware you become. The more you're able to look at somebody and be like, "Mm, nope. The more you're able to see what the real motivations are, the more you're able to see the agendas. Spend time in His Word. And yes, as we close this, and yes, we finish reading the Old Testament, I pray that you continue to read through this. And yes, we're going to read through the New Testament. We're going to journey through. And I know there's more that we can rant about. And I know I'm over time. I know some of y'all got to go to work. And I know all of that. But I want to make sure you understand this. That the work that God is doing to bring righteousness and justice, to overcome wickedness, to overcome evil with good, As you have read through this, we leave with this anticipation of Malachi and the anticipation of Israel that even a hundred years afterward, when Malachi was written and Israel now has fallen into depravity again, that all Israel is waiting for is a savior and a Messiah. Nothing's going to fix Israel other than the Messiah. Nothing's going to fix the heart of Israel, not his law, not his temple, not the sacrifices, only the Messiah. We have the privilege of seeing who that person is. They did not. And yet Jesus paid the price for them. His name is Yeshua. That's right. Jesus. What Israel's waiting for, we don't need to wait for anymore. We have the privilege to see it, but at least we can rest in the tension because the resolution of the tension is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that's where we're going next. We're going to see how much, by how much Jesus is the answer. And I want to talk a little bit, and I know I'm closing and I'm done, but I want to talk a little bit. Maybe we could introduce this um, <clears throat> in um, we can introduce this on Friday just in our conversation on Friday because what binds all this together what brings all this into fruition the fulfillment of the law we talk about the fulfillment because Israel didn't fulfill it but an Israelite will because God's promise will be fulfilled by Israel Jesus becomes Israel the fulfillment of the law that fulfillment we're going to talk about the nature of that the depth of that, the breadth of that, the width of that, and the implication of that. We're going to talk about Jesus and how he positions himself in a moment in history, in a moment in time. This is, this is the clash between politics and religion, spirituality, and the physical realm, the spiritual realm, all of it, all coming to clash, all coming in that moment, in the center of it is Jesus. In the center of it is Jesus. Jesus comes in Roman tension. Jesus comes in Hebrew aspiration. And clashing that together and seeing how they meet, we begin to see the profound work that Jesus did in restoring all of humanity. Now you'll get to know who Jesus really is and what Jesus really does. This is all pointing to Jesus we get something that they don't get. We have something that they don't have to wait for. And for that we give God glory. God, we thank you, Lord. As we read this, Lord, I just thank you that we went through the whole bible together, like with the whole family, with the whole with the whole community. God, I thank you that as we've journeyed in this together, Lord, that Lord, there are those whose eyes have become open to the gospel. That <laughs> now eyes are becoming clear are seeing clearly what you've called us to do and to be. So, Father, Lord, bless us today. Bless us in our endeavors, even as we eat our meal together. Let us be reminded of your goodness and mercy all around the nation and and in other places of the world. There are those who will be celebrating Thanksgiving. And, Father, I pray that we would not only express gratitude towards you, but to be reminded, Lord, of your goodness. For your goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in your house forever and ever, Amen, and Amen. Family, God bless you guys. I know I went over time. I'm glad you hung out with us again. Join our Discord community, Discord.gg/opusfrere. discordgg opusfrayer. Also, <clears throat> I want to um, also encourage you to become a patron. We're praying that the Lord would support what we're doing moving forward, and so may the Lord bless you um, become a patron. And also, um, uh, I, I hope that you guys did it. Um, I hope you guys understand that, you know, the principle of tithing, cause I know people are going to run back to the basketball, or, you know, pastor told me that I don't need a tithe to be saved. You don't except tithing and giving comes out of something greater and something bigger. And so, um, this is this is not a permission to not be generous, <laughs> if that makes sense. But I want you to continue to be generous to your church, to give all of yourself to serve because Jesus gave all of himself to us. Love y'all, fam. God bless you guys. See you guys on Friday. I will only be on Discord on Friday. So definitely join me on Discord, all right? Discord.gg slash Opus Frere. Tomorrow, I'm just going to spend time with family. I'm enjoying time with family and um, and family and food. Yeah, the two Fs, family and food. Throw a little faith in that as well. Faith, family, food. There it is. And, um, and yeah, and I look forward to connecting with you guys on Friday. Love y'all. See y'all. Click on the link in the profile, link in the bio. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It just hit 20,000, y'all. I forgot to say that. 20,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you so much, family. We got to do something with that. We got to do something with that. I cannot, I have no words to explain this. Okay. How this platform has grown, how it's exploded. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond myself. I'm flabbergasted. I'm, I don't know. I have all kinds of words I can use for that. But anyway, you get the idea. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for your support. Share it, like it, post it. Let friends know about it. It's YouTube.com slash at Opus YouTube.com slash at Opus Oh, <laughs> you with the F words. <laughs> I love my Discord fam, but I'll see you guys. All right. See you on Friday. God bless you guys. Peace out.